Welcome to the Hope United podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. So we're going to say a lot of good things about dads today. We're going to say some things to challenge the dads today. We're going to say some things from the Word of God that define who a dad is. But first, let me just stop and say to all the moms, thank you for all that you do. Can we give a big hand for the moms? Uh, behind most great dads, there is a uh, mom somewhere propping that man up and supporting him and giving him strength. So Thank you to all the moms for all that you do, and even the moms that unfortunately sometimes have to step up and do the role of a father and fill in when fathers are missing. So thank you, mothers. Now, dads, this is your day. Happy Father's Day. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what the Word of God says um, we should be as fathers and also what... Uh, how we should honor fathers or how we should treat fathers. And so we're going to look at that because the Bible, um, part of the narrative here is this incredible lineage of this father passed on to the next father and this father begat this father and this father begat this father. And it starts as early as Genesis 11. And it goes all through the Bible. And then we get to the New Testament. You think maybe it's something different. No, immediately in the New Testament, in Matthew and Luke, we see before it tells us who Jesus is and what Jesus does, it starts with the lineage of all the fathers that came before that led up to the person of Jesus. So we understand fathering is an important part of the biblical narrative. It's powerful and important. A father gives uh, identity, direction, kinship, and it's, over, it's, over, it's interwoven throughout this narrative. Father to son. Father right. to son and daughter. Right. And so today I want to talk about the way of the father. Somebody say that real loud. The way, the way. of the father. Because there are some things as earthly dads we can get wrong when we're not looking at it from the perspective that God shows us. The perfect father, the one that created this incredible design, is the one who models it and shows us how to actually be fathers. And so this is where we look when we want to model. And in this room, there's some great stories of some great dads. And in this room, there's also some stories of some not-so-great dads. And so this may be a difficult thing for some, but it's an important thing for all that we understand the role of a father. So many baby dedications. I stand right here and we're here together and I'm looking eyeball to eyeball with a new dad. And I I say almost the same thing to every dad, which is there's going to be points that you reach the end of what you know how to do. Or maybe you fell short and you need to hit your knees and say, God, help me be the father I need to be. Because only when we reflect our heavenly father are we the fullest potential of who we can be and who we should be as fathers. When we're modeling this heavenly perspective. So let's take a step back real quick and take a look at fathering, fatherhood. Jesus... He brings us 
into this position and this understanding of the role of a father when he taught his disciples to pray. He said, when you pray, Matthew 6, 9, he said, pray like this, our Father in heaven. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So right at the beginning of this prayer, he establishes one thing. God is our Father. And when we really look at it, God is the Father of all. Abraham is the Father of faith, right? But God is the Father of all. Everything that's been created, all the universe, every person, every, everything upon the earth. He is the Father of all. And so this prayer... Jesus kind of gives us this perspective. He said, God is our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. So we have to understand being a father is something holy. It's something sacred. It's something special. In the original design, the way that God designed fatherhood, it is something very special. And the word holy means set apart. It's not just common. It's not just average, but it's something special and unique. It has a specific design. Every man was created with the capability of becoming a father. That was the design. So this prayer Jesus gives us, he, he puts this understanding that fathering is a sacred thing, a sacred responsibility. Now, many times, Upon the earth, we can get a casual attitude towards it. And I think that's because of our experiences that we have um, that are sometimes broken and imperfect experiences that we have. We begin to look quite flippantly at a father or a dad. But truthfully, the way God designed it, it's nothing to be taken lightly. The name of the father, the job of a father is divinely assigned. It's one of the greatest and original commandments that God gave. When Adam was in the garden, what did he say? First off, for those that don't know, if you read the lineage, it oftentimes it'll go back all the way to Adam and it'll say, Adam, son of God. So God puts Adam, a son, on the earth and he says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. So I want you to multiply what I have put in you. Don't just multiply in any kind of way, but multiply in a fruitful way. What do we know that's fruitful? Well, we know the fruit of the Spirit, right? right. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. So he's saying, in a, in a fruitful way, I want you to multiply yourself. Multiply yourself. Be fruitful and multiply. And, and, and so this command is given to Adam. This command is given from the father to the original son. And so we see how this is. These, these iPads are so like sensitive. You push one button and it goes to a different place. So fathering is a divine assignment. This is the role of the father. This is the way of the father. And so God creates Adam and Eve and he puts them in this amazing garden. The garden, of course, is a paradise on earth. God the Father provides for his kids, and so the Father gives Adam, the son, land, animals, resources. A great dad is a great provider. We see in God, first he's a father, then he's a provider. And that doesn't have to mean that, that you're providing a multi-million dollar house for your kids. 
but it means that you know how to provide what's needed. You know how to provide what's necessary. You know how to provide the love, the stability, the peace, you know, whatever basic needs are there. Um, and first Timothy five, eight, actually Paul attaches this to our Christianity men. I hope you get this fathers. I hope you get this today. He says, but if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So he says, if you're not providing fathers, it's like you don't understand the construct of Christianity because this is part of the fabric of being a good Christian man. Being a good Christian father, you know how to provide. So these are the expectations that God has of a father, that we provide for our kids, just as God provided for Adam. A good father provides for his family. And Jesus said um, in Matthew seven eleven, he said, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, so he's talking about sinful parents, of course, because he's saying children, then how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? So the implied thing is that as parents, we should all be providing the good things that are needed for our children. So even as natural or imperfect fathers, we are to provide in the same manner, in a reflected manner of the heavenly father. We should imitate his generosity. We should imitate his provision towards our kids. And then it's taken a step further in Proverbs. If we read 13, 22, it says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So not just his children, he's, he's leaving a legacy. Like even his grandchildren are feeling the effect of the inheritance. And that is not just money, which, okay, money's not bad. Dad, make sure that you leave me some money. Make a note of that and see you taking notes. Make a note of that. Leave, leave Josh money. Um, but it's not, just, it's not just financial. It can also be many things. It could be a trade, right? It could be a business. It could be um, relationships. There's people that I can call and get up on the phone in high places that it's not because my relationship with them, but rather my father's relationship with them. And so it's an inheritance of relationships. So those relationships open doors. So what type, fathers, what type of inheritance do you want to leave your kids? Financial? Do you want to leave relational? Do you want to live uh, business? Do you want to leave uh, um, a habit of prayer? Wisdom, godly wisdom? What are you leaving, fathers? What is your inheritance? Another thing that fathers give is identity. I Identity. Jesus said, our father. So in, in that moment when, when, when Jesus made this construct, right? This teaching construct. He said, everybody within earshot, you're now related. He gave them identity. You're all kin because our God is a father. Now we're automatically all brothers and sisters. So he gave identity by placing God as a father in that construct. 
Right there in the beginning of the prayer, Jesus establishes that. And Jesus would always also draw on this weighty concept that was already in Jewish um, culture. And that was that Abraham was called the father. The father of many nations. The father of faith, right? And then we had Jacob, which was later renamed Israel. And then you had the children of Jacob or the children of Israel. So this identity was coming from fatherhood. So Abraham was a man of faith. So his children were stamped with the identity of being children of faith, people of faith. And then comes along Jacob or Israel. And Jacob was a man that was known to pursue the blessing and have the blessing of God. And even at times fight for the blessing of God. Remember, he wrestled with the angel and said, I'm not going to let you leave until you bless me. So he was a man that pursued the blessing, chased after the blessing, and even fought for the blessing. The children of Israel then became a people that were stamped with that component of identity that they were people that pursued the blessing, chased after the blessing, and even were not afraid to go into the promised land and fight for the blessing. That became their identity. A father gives identity. Every father leaves a stamp of identity. David, what was he called? Oh, son of Jesse. And then when Jesus showed up, they said, son of David. Why would they call Jesus son of David? Because there was an identity component with David. When they looked at Jesus, they saw the identity of David, which was a king, which was a savior of the people. So they said, Jesus, son of David. David. He was also represented this promise, right? This promise of being rescued. Right. A father gives identity. And one of the other real important parts that a father um, plays is a father is a teacher. Fathers, don't forget to teach your kids. Don't leave that whole burden of responsibility on mom. Mom does a great job. She's awesome. She's, but there's part of that that was designated for you to do. And so we understand as fathers, we have to step up and be teachers. I love this, that in Genesis 3, 8, it said that, okay, God creates Adam. Adam is the son of God. And then every day in the cool of the day, what did God do? He went down and he walked with Adam. What do you think he was doing when he walked with Adam? Teaching him stuff. Adam was born a grown man. He had no experiences as a child, no experience as an adolescent, no, none of that. So in the cool of the day, God would come down and give him the secrets. Teach him truths. Help him to understand. And so, fathers, we have a, a, a pattern that we're following after God to be teachers of our children. Deuteronomy 11.18 actually specifically instructs us in that. It says, so commit yourself wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them around your hands and wear them on your foreheads as a reminder. That's all symbolism, right? Hands, meaning what you do. Forehead, meaning how you think. 
And then it says, verse 19, teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Make it a lifestyle to teach your kids, whether you're at home, whether you're traveling, whether you're going to sleep at night, at the breakfast table. We're talking, we're teaching. Fathers, we should be teachers, great teachers. Lead in those spiritual things. Even if you're not leading, start today. Start leading. Start growing. Start getting into that position. Because when a father doesn't step up, a family suffers. Don't, do, don't, let, don't uh, expect mom to do your part. Come on, dads. Let's be teachers too. As you're going on your journey of life, teach your children the ways of God. That's the way of the father. Fathers, can I just encourage you, don't get too busy with work. You know, I think we grab a hold of this provider, that first principle, and we say, I'm going to provide for my family. I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to make sure that I come and I bring something home, right? But then we don't, we miss the other part, which is to be present and to be a teacher. And so we have to understand both. And I was on the phone with one, a great dad, and um, he makes great money at his job. And we, we were just talking about work-life balance, work-life balance, work-life balance. Because he's a great dad. He, he, he loves being home with his kids. And he's saying, Pastor, I'm just praying in this season, how do I balance between the job, which when I put more hours in, I get paid more, and the home life, which I know I need to be there. I know these are important years. And so we, we prayed together. But it's important to reach that balance of understanding the principles here as a father to be a provider, but also to be present. Exactly. Fathers provide stability. Stability. Just, I, I just want you to think about it for a moment. And I know mothers do in, in, in a different way. Uh, so I'm not taking that away. But fathers provide stability. Look at Ephesians 4, 6, which says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So yes, there's a discipline component. Yes, there's an instruction, which we talked about that earlier, teaching. But don't provoke your children. Have you ever noticed how... Uh, mom can do an exceptional job and they've got this nice little atmosphere going, got a nice vibe going in and then dad comes in all pissed off, upset and he just kind of messes the whole thing up. The Bible says, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath or how about we say it like this, fathers, don't model anger in the house. A lot of times, a lot of times they say that we're not, uh, we, we try to, you know, show that we're not, oh, we're not so emotional. But the truth is, we're emotional. We're just emotional in a different way. <laughs> when we're putting displays of anger out there, it's, it's emotional. It's just a different type of emotion. So what I've found that's so critical for us as fathers is the first thing that we should do in the morning when we get up is pray and connect with our Heavenly Father. Let me tell you something. When you connect with your Heavenly Father, fathers... It's going to imbue you with all of the peace and the patience and the wisdom and the essence that you need to be a great father. How can you give something that you don't have? 
So many times as dads, we get up, we skip the prayer, we go straight to breakfast or we go straight to our activities and we don't get that download from our heavenly father. First, we have to be fathered before we know how to father. Amen. I find if I don't get that peace and that patience from God in the morning, by the afternoon, I'm losing my cool, right? So fathers, it's so important. The Bible says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Treating them the wrong way. Getting them frustrated. Getting them exasperated. Another translation says exasperated. Don't exasperate your children. When we're not following and reflecting the image of God, the image of the Heavenly Father to our kids, we exasperate them. And it's not just anger. They could just be completely like frustrated from their own perspective because they're not seeing enough God in us. God the Father. So that's why Scripture tells us this. Model the fruit of the Spirit. Just like the original command to Adam. Be fruitful. Be fruitful, full of the fruit of the Spirit, and multiply out of that sense of fruitfulness. You didn't know that all that was in the Bible, right? It's in the Bible. So, this is the, this is the difficult part. I, I want to just come into this for a second and just, just look at somebody and say, I'm going to keep an open mind today. I'm not going to stomp out of here. I'm going to keep an open mind about what pastor says. And if I get upset, I'm still going to love pastor after this. Okay. All right. So <laughs> some things you just do on principle. It's not necessarily because you feel like it. Sometimes you might feel like it. But even when you don't feel like it, there's some things that are just principle. Because when there's something in the Word of God and it works... Everything in the Word of God works. But it's in the Word of God and it works. I'm going to do it because it's on principle. And this principle is going to bring the right type of fruit into my life. Now let's take a look with that standpoint at Exodus 20.12. It says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The Bible says, Honor your father and your mother. Now, it doesn't put a clause in there that says, honor your father and mother if they're good people. Honor your father and mother if they do right by you. It says, honor your father and mother, period. And then, watch this, I'm going to put my blessing of long life on you, and it's going to go well with you. So honor your father. And I think that is a difficult concept because sometimes we come from a situation where our father was not what he was supposed to be. There were some areas that he fell short or he just was never, ever present. But even, say, if God brings a spiritual father into your life, it doesn't give you permission to dishonor your natural father. Because there is something that God wants to do somehow that God wants to bless you in your life through this important principle, biblical principle of honor. 
And, and, and here's the hard part is sometimes God is going to allow you to be, if it's not your father, it'll be some authority figure in your life that you have to honor that you don't like them or you don't like the way they do things or they're doing things imperfectly or they're even doing certain things wrong. But this principle of honor is so powerful that when you begin to exercise it, it begins to bring a blessing so powerful in your life. Now, I didn't say you got to, if you're a grown person, you don't have to do what somebody says. If they're trying to tell you to do something that's going to hurt you or harm you, uh, you don't have to spend a lot of time with them. You don't have to like them. But if you learn how to honor I hope you're getting a hold of this. The, 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 the command and the blessing is all interwoven here. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I was having a conversation with somebody after service and they heard this part and they said, wow, it's so powerful. I can tell by my two older siblings, they really dishonored my parents and, you know, they had this trajectory with their life. And then me and my younger sister, we obeyed my parents and we honored them or whatever. And we had a completely different path in our life. So we have a choice today. You can, we can do what we feel like doing, man. It, this is how I feel. So I, I'm going to, you know, this week I, I, I feel like they did right by me. So I'm going to, I'm going to honor them. I'm going to shoot them out a text. I'm going to whatever. But next week I, I feel differently. Or we can be a person that says, day in and day out, I'm going to be a person of honor. I'm going to be a person of honor. I'm going to live honorably. I believe that Christians are meant to be honorable people. And that's why you won't hear me trash talking somebody, talking somebody down on social media, anybody that's in authority, whether it's spiritual side, whether it's political, I'm not going to trash talk. So I may disagree with a policy. I may disagree with something that they did, but I'm not going to speak negative and drive their name down. Why? Because I'm a person of honor. I believe in honor and I believe in the blessing that it brings back into my life. I'm not going to lower myself to the place to begin to, you ever heard the expression, you start throwing mud long enough, you're going to get mud on yourself. Be a person that's honorable. I think about David. What must have David gone through? So he comes into, um, the king's service now he's doing all these good things he's climbing up the ladder and king saul one day just gets it in his uh spirit gets it in his mind that david is a threat to him he gets wildly jealous of david and king saul goes to try to kill david so he first tries to kill him in the palace, and then he's chasing him all through the wilderness and chasing him all over the country, trying to kill David. But David doesn't dishonor the king. God actually put, I believe, King Saul in his life to be a spiritual father to him. I believe after King Saul was disqualified from being a king, the best thing that he could have done was train David. He could have said, you know what? I messed up. 
I totally blew it, but you know what? I can train the next guy. I can train the guy that God's hand is on. And I believe God would have honored that. But instead, he becomes insanely jealous. He starts chasing him all throughout the wilderness. And he, try, he several times, nonstop, is trying to kill David. David has several opportunities to kill Saul. But he tells his men, and his men are like, just go ahead and kill him. God is with you. And David said, no, I'm not going to kill him because God put him in authority. And if we understand the concept of honor, David still became king, but he became king in an honorable way. He still became king, but his hands were not dirty with the king's blood. So there is power in honoring even when the person is not doing the right thing. There is power in honor. Honoring people that are in authority around you. People that are in authority over you. And yes, honoring fathers. And maybe you say, Pastor, you don't know my dad. You're absolutely right. I don't know your dad, especially not like you know your dad. But I do know the principle of honor. And I've seen it work over and over and over again. It is without flaw, the principle of honor that God gives us. When you honor somebody, even if there is a person in your approximation that does not deserve to be honored, in your evaluation does not deserve to be called dad, when you honor there is a blessing, and God will test. God will test. God will allow somebody to be in authority, and He will test this principle in your life. Now, I want to tell you one last thing, and I want to, I want to close with this concept, okay? And sometimes I just like to send you home to think about something. Send you home to pray about something. Send you home to wrestle with something on your own. Because this is not something light, but it's something biblical. And it's something that we all have to take a look at. And that is that everyone needs a father. Everyone needs a father. Even if it's not the father that brought you into this world, everyone needs a father. Sometimes you might even have two fathers. When Jesus walked the earth, he had two fathers. One was a car carpenter. His name was Joseph. He was a man that was hand-selected by God to watch over, to provide in a natural capacity, and to teach him godly things, to raise him up in a godly way. And Joseph did an amazing job. He taught him everything that he knew. But then there were some things that were beyond what Joseph could teach. And Jesus also had a heavenly father, a spiritual father in God. So maybe you have... Uh, a natural father that's great. But then God brings somebody spiritually as a spiritual father alongside of that. And it's a different purpose. Maybe that's two different people. Maybe for you, your natural and your spiritual father are the same person. That's biblical too. That's biblical too. 
But everyone needs a father. Elisha was working in his father's field, 1 Kings 19, and he's working in his father's house and he's plowing for his father. And one day, Elijah showed up and he threw his cloak on him, which was symbolic of, I want to be your spiritual father. God has told me to be your spiritual father. And Elisha immediately knew what time it was. He said, let me go. Let me say goodbye to my my father. Let me tell him I'm going to be traveling. Let me set things in order. And so Elisha began to become fathered by Elijah. Two spiritual fathers. Two fathers, rather. Everyone needs a father. When Jesus was just about to start his earthly ministry and he goes to get baptized and it's this kind of graduation ceremony, guess who shows up? His father. His father parts the skies and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Everyone needs a father. It might not be your biological father. It might be your biological father. But God passes things from father to children. Father to children. This is the way of the father. So I I send you home to pray on this. I send you home to think on this. To wrestle with this. And the beautiful thing is in God's church, not the small C, Not just this church. In God's church. There are many fathers. That God could use. God could bring a father into your life. Maybe today you say. Pastor I'm great. I've got a father. Um, Or you might say. Pastor I've got a father. But I know I need to make things right with him. Or you might say, Pastor, I have this void in my life and I didn't even realize up until now that I'm trying to put people into that space in my life. Um, God wants to supernaturally provide for you in that area. The Bible says he sets the lonely in families. Something powerful about the family of God, that there is no lack Maybe there's something missing in your natural family. God wants to provide every need that you have. Yes, he is your heavenly father. But I guarantee you 100% there is somebody that he will use and wants to use as an earthly representation of his love, of his compassion, of his wisdom, of his guidance, of all the things that a father is. We never outgrow it. Everyone needs a father. Will you bow your heads? Let me pray with you. God, I thank you, Father, for being the perfect example of a father. Lord, I thank you, God, for each and every person that's here. And God, it's not by accident. Um, Some here today are... Maybe they need to reconnect with their father. They need to make things right. Um, Maybe some here, they have a father in their life and they just need to honor him. They just need to do a better job of celebrating what you've already put in their life. And God, maybe there's some here today that say, 
I've got a void. I realize it now. I realize I've been trying different people on and I haven't really got a feeling in my spirit like anybody's really fit there. God, I pray that you would provide that father, that spiritual father, that father figure that they need in their life. God, I thank you, Lord, that you put us when we're broken, when we're in between. You set us, God, the lonely in families. God, there's some things that you want to pass down to us. That God, some things you only pass through a father. And so we thank you, God, that you would do that. Make that, um, make it clear. God, make this season a season that you answer important questions, that you fill in the blanks, that you give extra guidance. God, that you let us feel your presence and the fact that you're with us and you're walking with us and you are here. God, I thank you for that. Move in this place, God. Move in our hearts, God. Touch, God, those that have been broken by imperfect fathers. God, touch their hearts today. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are the God that heals us. You mend the broken hearts, God. And Father, all those that have been disappointed, all those that have felt like they've been left alone, like they're struggling to figure out their identity. God, I pray that you touch them right now. Touch them right now. All those that feel like they have a void in their life, God, touch them right now. All those that have a broken heart, God, touch them right now. God, I thank you. You are the God that heals us, God. Every physical thing, every spiritual thing, every emotional thing, everything in our thought process. Lord, and I speak and I pray over the fathers today, God. First, I pray over the fathers that are doing a great job. God, strengthen them. God, continue to let them be faithful in their resolve and their commitment to their family and their commitment to you to spend time with you and to reflect your goodness on their family, on others. God, and I pray for the fathers that are soon to be. God, Lord, be with them, strengthen them, equip them, give them wisdom, put them around other great fathers that they will know what to do when it's the right time. And God, I pray for those that are, have not done well as fathers. God, those that have struggled, those that have, for whatever reason, they haven't done everything they need to do. God, I pray that you give them strength, that you help them to make things right, that you help them to do things right, God, that you help them to become more like you, the perfect father. It might not be an overnight situation, but God, that you would take them on a process and take them on a journey to be the father that you want them to be. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other episodes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and share it with friends. For more info or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. Remember, in Christ Jesus, we are one family in faith.